I'm Mia Dome. And on this episode of At the Moment with BSCC, we have my lovely co-host, Ariana, and we have a special guest, Olivia Jamaro. She is very active on Twitter. Um, you can kind of give yourself an intro if you want. All right. Thank you, Nia. Uh, yeah, so my name is Olivia. I'm a senior at OU studying English, creative writing, and sociology criminology. And I've just been really fired up about everything that's been happening over the past few days. Um, I'm definitely not one to back down from a challenge against a corrupt administration. So if you remember, um, I was involved very heavily with the Save Our Profs movement and still am, of course. But yeah, right now, yeah, right now like definitely my primary concern is this situation with Dr. Kalyango and Mary Rogus. Yeah, so um, so let's, you already kind of bring it up, so we might as well just get into the topic at hand, and it's basically just surrounding OU's response to um, Dr. Kaliango, who sexually, sexually harassed at least two women, and they voted for him that he shouldn't lose his tenor, tenure, and he got reinstated. So, of course, especially as women on this campus, it's just basically saying that OU enables predators, and they don't really care. And then um, we had a professor, Mary Rogus, who is also in the, who works for the J School. And I'm going to read you guys the tweet that she said, because it's very, you know, it says the faculty CMTE saw the truth about a falsely accused accomplished black scholar for revenge at a poor, at revenge for a poor performance rating. As a survivor of real sexual harassment, I'm furious with the exploitation of the hashtag MeToo movement in ECREC's incomplete investigation. There is a lot more to this story now heard. So I feel like this is nothing really new because we see women um, perpetuate misogynoir and misogyny like all the time. Like it's, I feel like it's so heavily embedded in our society we see this. But um, like I kind of said before, when I spoke to you, Olivia, it is kind of very infuriating to me that people um, use blackness as an excuse to enable people. And I feel like that kind of takes away like the inner, it's like, and it's also, I feel like it also makes us women choose between like, oh, why are you trying to make me feel bad for, for uh, trying to get rid of a predator just because he's black? Like, that's not that. But also like this OU's response and everything. And yeah, I just let you guys go. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that what you're talking about with her use of blackness in the tweet. Now, of course, I am a white woman. So my knowledge on what it's obviously like the experience of being a black woman is something I don't have. But one thing I did think was kind of disturbing is how, and we see this a lot where white people tend to use uh, minority races and make sure to remind everyone that somebody is of a minority race. And they do that so it can benefit themselves, maybe make their claims sound better. I mean, the way she would phrase it as like, oh, we're going to trash the reputation of a renowned Black scholar makes it sound like it's more about his race than it is about his predatory actions, which is what the focal point of this whole situation is. And it also just, you wouldn't say a renowned white scholar. So why are we taking it so that you need to remind everybody that this is a person of color when that has nothing to do with the atrocities that he committed. It's just completely unrelated. Yeah, I agree. And there are levels to this, right? So when we're talking about sexual assault, race, if you are 
if you are talking about someone who is committing acts of sexual violence, sexual assault, um, what does his race have to do with that if we're talking about this case, right? So like, I think that's kind of a cop-out in terms of like, he's black, so this can't possibly be true. And I also think, you know, other professors chiming in and, you know, sticking up for him and his defense, I just feel that it's inappropriate. And it's not, not that it's not their business, but it's um, like allow due process, allow this to get figured out and don't um, interfere because you just, you, don't know the situation all the way, I'm sure. And so you are kind of just putting your foot in your mouth and you could be sticking up for a predator and you don't even know. Or you right. do and you mm-hmm. have no problem with it. And I think we also I think what also kind of scares me is like the level of power that uh, Mary Rogers holds in her position in the J school. Like I know that she resigned from being um, on like the scholarship board. Um, but still, like the fact that you have that much power and you're saying, and then also it's like she weaponized the, the Me Too movement as well. It's like, it's very like tone deaf, it's very contradictory because you went from saying, I too am a, have been a victim of um, sexual assault, but like, don't sit here and act like we, did, like women haven't been silent for decades and years and don't act like you know that institutions are inherently unfair to not just women, but all minorities, people who don't have that power. So don't be surprised that a professor is using his access to get to students or people who are beneath them as like, like taunting it as for, so they can like access more power themselves. So I just feel like she could, she could just really, she should just shut up and ate her food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely one way to put it. I just feel like, like you were saying, this has been going on for essentially since the beginning of time, as long as the patriarchy has been in full swing and where these ideas where women as a whole have been oppressed in education, in the workplace, in general society, once we actually liberated ourselves from the domestic sphere, so we weren't just moms and homemakers anymore, there are these whole, this whole new like range of obstacles for women to encounter in the workplace. And one of those happens to be sexual harassment from superiors, from maybe people on the same playing field. I'm sure subordinates as well, but probably less likely. Because again, the whole power dynamic of it is a really key part of what makes it so easy, I guess is the word I'm going to use. So easy for people in power positions, whether they're professors or CEOs or executives of some kind, that's what makes it so easy for them to access their underlings and maybe get them to agree to behaviors or submit to behaviors they normally wouldn't condone. I mean, I can't imagine how hard it would be as a student to try to defy a professor who is well-known in the school well-known for success in his field on a national scale. And I can't imagine being the person to have to raise my voice and say, this isn't right. And I know I'm just a student, but you have to believe me. And that's why comments like Mary Rogus's are so harmful to what survivors are trying to do. And I just also like to say that her being a survivor does absolutely nothing to corroborate what she says. I think the fact that she said, and of course she did address this in her apology, which I appreciated when she said that she wanted to take back how she said real, air quotes, sexual harassment 
I do think that sometimes survivors think that their perspective is the only perspective. So we need to be careful that we're not projecting onto other people. And just because something didn't happen that way for us doesn't mean it couldn't have happened that way for somebody else. Yeah, that's, I haven't actually, I haven't seen her apology. It's I've on, seen the one that the, I've seen the one that the, uh, the Dean of uh, Script sent out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did apologize. I believe she posted it on her personal Twitter. Let me look. Yes, she did. But I initially saw it through, I believe the Athens Messenger first, where they got the like exclusive look at her apology. So I, I can read that if you want. Oh, yeah, go ahead, please. Okay. So this is just like a thread of a few tweets. And um, I just would like to mention, too, that she only, um, only people she mentioned were able to reply to this, which nobody was mentioned in the comments. So nobody was able to, like, reply directly to it. So that's just something I thought was interesting. Sounds very cowardly. Yeah. So without further ado, with all my heart, I would like to express deep regret that my words caused hurt to other survivors of sexual misconduct. That was not at all my intention, but clearly I did not think through how my words would be perceived. I support and believe survivors and encourage them to come forward to report any behavior that they feel is unacceptable. For that reason, I truly regret using the label real related to sexual harassment. That is a personal experience that can only be defined by the individual. As a survivor of this horrible ordeal in my early career, at a time when victims were not believed and there was no place to report, I'm encouraged that all survivors now have the chance to come forward and be believed and that perpetrators cannot get away with this behavior anymore. The statements I released on social media reflected my own thoughts about a situation that has sparked incredible debate within our community. I deleted those tweets when I saw that the Scripps School of Journalism and Scripps College were being criticized for my personal views. In an act of understanding and respect for those who were impacted by my words, I have resigned from the Scripps College Scholarship Committee so that others may serve. I am truly sorry that any survivor was hurt by my words. Bullying works. No, I'm just playing. But also, um, so this is my thing. I think that the script school should be like held accountable for her thoughts and beliefs. I do get as individuals, like we do have our own beliefs and whatever. But I only say that because this woman she teaches ethics. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not like she's teaching a regular course like she's literally teaching you how to be ethical and it's clear that her ethics are skewed or whatever had an influence or exactly. she's heavily influenced so that's my whole thing because I know me I would hate to be silenced because like I, I don't even like when my job tell me oh you shouldn't be posting that like you don't run me I understand that but that's my only thing and I, and I guess that's why I'm kind of happy she um she left the scholarship committee because like that can be unfair because what if someone uses um what if someone uses like a reference of someone who would accuse the said person or whatever so I I definitely understand that but I feel like they definitely say we reevaluate who they hire um and try to come up with some type of like justice framework because essentially that's going to play a part and I also think that's um I also think that's why they sent out that email that they sent out on Friday um from this the script school basically said I'm gonna just read a snippet of it um but it says the it says late Friday the director of EW Skip School of Journalism 
Dr. Ian Vichelle, and I were made aware of the social media post made by a faculty member who expressed her opinions on accusations of sexual harassment against another faculty member in the school. Several students, colleagues, and alumni expressed concern in the post that was insensitive to the complaint to the complainants in the sexual harassment cases. Please know that that the posted comments of this faculty member do not represent the position of the college or university. But I kind of feel like, how does that represent the opinion of the college or university? And y'all reinstated him. Right. Yeah. The they're definitely contradicting themselves. I mean, I'm not a journalism or a script student. So I kind of have like an outside perspective, but I have a lot of empathy for anybody who's in the college right now and is just kind of running around like, what am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to respect these people that I'd been using as mentors for the past however many years I've been at this university? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Ariana. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting because I know, I don't know, Nia, if you remember like way back freshman year, it feels like as soon as we walked in the door, they told us any student media publication that you're going to be working for, if you end up using, you know, your Twitter, which you should, um, you should watch what you post on there because anything on there is that was literally the first thing that they told us. Um, and so I also, yeah, and I remember when Gun Girl came to campus and everybody on the post was like, I can't go down there because they said like, we can get in trouble or they can kick us off the post. Like, so I definitely mm-hmm. do remember that. So that's very, I don't know, it's very contradictory to me just as like, if it's not from a university center, but as a person who has been in the media field or in the media profession, like we are taught to have a certain amount of ethics and do things a certain way and she completely in that and also I don't like how she like and I feel like one thing I noticed and I made me wrong I feel like older women are more spiteful to like younger women especially of this generation because we're definitely like what they say like woke but I think that we're just aware of like what was so wrong with society and we're just like we're the generation that's like F that we're fed up we're not taking any of that and I have I've never had a class with Mary Rogers professionally I mean personally but I've all I have always been told like don't take a class with her because she's very like mean to women you know like little things like that and like how if you're prettier than her like stuff like that um yeah so I think that's very odd so my thing my question for you is Olivia so what would you like to see from the university um even if it's little no matter how little or how big like how do you think we get past this moving forward Well, I think that's definitely a very loaded question, so I'll do my best, but um, (laughs) there's a lot that I think students and faculty deserve to see from a university that claims to take allegations of sexual misconduct, quote unquote, very seriously. So far, I think what we've seen has kind of um, made that almost impossible to be true. I mean, we just see how this whole situation was handled and how he wasn't even fired after the Title IX investigation found him in violation of sexual harassment of at least two students. And that's not even counting any other survivors that may have come forward. Those are just like the official um, complaints that were validated by the office. So with all of that, it should have been a no brainer for the faculty Senate committee to say, let's revoke Kalyango's tenure because this would just obviously, it would reflect badly on us as an institution and as a group of humans trying to act in other humans best interest if we were to let him stay in a position where he'd have access to the perks of tenure 
and also just his university job in general. I mean, what kind of statement does it send out when you're giving him complete access to his pool of victims, to put it harshly? I mean, there's definitely the potential if a predator is not caught that it could just happen again. And who's to say it wouldn't, who's to say it hasn't with anyone else at any other university that hasn't been properly brought to administrative justice. So I think going forward, I think we need to really rethink the nuances of the policies that let this kind of behavior continue. Um, one thing I noticed was I was at the faculty Senate meeting last night. And so we're like, I want to say around 100 other students. It was a really great turnout. It was really powerful. And they did thankfully overwhelmingly vote to scrap that report that the committee had sent onto the board of trustees who has the ultimate say in whether or not Kalyango retains his tenure. So that was a huge victory. But I think the fact that it was even a question in the first place is says something- a lot. So yeah, exactly, it says a lot and it's incredibly disturbing. And I'd really like to see more training on behalf of administrators and faculty members alike to handle allegations of sexual misconduct, to how to be a proper mandated reporter, how to support survivors who may have already been, I hate to use the term victimized, but who may have already been victimized before coming to OU or that kind of thing. Like just that sensitivity and awareness of the possibility that you might have a survivor in your space and how what you say or do can impact them in a negative or positive way, depending on how you conduct yourself. And I think people like Mary Rogus should be first to have to go through that kind of training seminar. I mean, it's just, I'm really almost ashamed to say that I go to this university and that I have said that I have been proud to be a student at this institution, but to see all of these atrocities being committed, not even just the acts of sexual harassment themselves, but the way the university tries so hard to cover it up or to downplay its severity, I mean, Here's a fun little fact for anyone who didn't know. The report from uh, the committee meeting was sent already to the board of trustees in December. So they had it in their possession. So last night's vote, even though it means they won't look at it, they had the opportunity to look at it and consider it in their final decision all along. And not even all of the staff members who are senators knew, some of them, literally were dumbfounded to hear that this report was already in the hands of the people who would make the decision when we were kind of understanding that it wasn't. So again, like the lack of transparency, and this has been a huge thing. I hate to be rambling here, but no, this is, yeah, this has been a huge thing, both with Save Our Profs and now this situation with Kaliango, where the administration, the upper administrators refuse to keep students and staff members and faculty in the know. And oh, I remember hearing from a lot of my friends that a lot of them were hearing about professors being laid off only because I could post about it on the Twitter page. I was like the first news source. And I thought that was a little troubling. Like I'm just a 20 year old student at a university. And the fact that I'm getting that information first and I'm the first person who gave that to a bigger audience to perceive is it's honestly like I'm rendered speechless by it sometimes. It's really disappointing. Yeah, I think it's a very us against them feel on this campus. I've always felt that way. Um, 
especially in the SERP school. And I think they really failed their students on this one and so many times before. I mean, who even knows how many times this has happened? Um, right. Or this isn't just about like offending someone like um, people like professors like Mary Rogus. Like it's not about offending someone or hurting someone with your words. It's that this is people have gone through this trauma before and our survivors and maybe they have to show up to your class the next day after they've seen your tweets and feel very very uncomfortable this is a very traumatic experience and like you said before you being a survivor of sexual assault does not make you an expert on everyone else's experience it's exactly. very different for every single person involved. And so that should be handled on a case-by-case -case basis and they should be given support. Um, I know myself, I have experienced, you know, inappropriate, um, inappropriate like statements from professors, um, not sexual harassment per se, but just things that you shouldn't say in a right. classroom setting. Um, I have reported that, I told, um, you know, Dean or whatever that, and that was not like, nothing was done about that. And then I had to continue to go to classes, continue to attend the school. And I just felt so uncomfortable because I felt like an entire staff, an entire, an entire faculty was just against me because they allowed this one professor to say something so off the wall to me that should have just been addressed immediately definitely yeah I think and I feel like now also that that's so like exhausting I feel like they're not really understanding of like maybe there's like a lack of understanding of like how trauma works or maybe they just don't care because <laughs> like to have to go around and always like prove your like existence defend your humanity protect your livelihood your livelihood like that's extremely exhausting exactly you know what I'm saying you mm -hmm. cannot expect it and I feel like like these systems, I feel like this these systems are like inherently like unfair. Like just like every other institution in America, like this is nothing new. And I'm right. so sick of like I'm so sick of hiring these people to help us or like, oh, let's get this person in diversity inclusion because they're gonna help or get this person, this person, and like they're not being used. It's like how like they hire it's like when you work at a publication and they're like 15% of their staff is women, but that 15% is like works in like the custodians like they don't tell you like they're not the ones like actually contributing in a way that is useful or helpful for that particular demographic or gonna be useful or helpful and I think that's how I look at it and I just I'm just very disappointed I just remember when I found out like I was like so mad like yeah. I was like this is literally a joke like and I was also like I'm so ashamed to say that I go here <laughs> like, Honestly, like when I like when I graduate I like I would never send my kids here like I would never put my kids here. Um, no. Yeah, and it's a shame we even have to feel that way at all. I mean, I never thought like when I came here, I was from out of state, so I didn't really have any familiarity with OU as an institution. Honestly, I didn't really know OU existed until my senior year when I was sending in college applications. So I applied, and of course, like it appealed to me the most, like on a surface level, but. I can't say if I knew all of these systemic issues that we would be experiencing and how that would affect my student life here. I can't say whether or not looking back that I would still make the decision to attend here. I think 
I mean, of course, this affects universities across the board and that it's not uniquely an OU issue. But I think one thing that's really been getting on my nerves about this whole situation is when people try to use that as an excuse not to do anything to make it better specifically here. You need mm -hmm. to, and I'm quoting somebody here, you need to think global, act local, where you have big ideas for change that you want to institute, but you have to start small. And how much smaller can you get than at your own university that you attend? Hence why I've decided to undertake this very tiring and honestly just infuriating like student activist role. I don't get me wrong, like I love it. And I do want to go into the legal field. So anything that's remotely like that is very like, I'm very argumentative. So this is very, um, sometimes it does feel like it's where I want to be and like what I want to do advocating for people who aren't getting their voice heard properly. But at the same time, it's so draining. And at the end of the day, like we are the students who pay these people's salaries. And if they're not doing something the right way for the student's best interest, they should be immediately disciplined for it. But they don't care about that. That's why, that's why we're still in classes in a pandemic. <laughs> that's why they created a George Floyd scholarship. Like everything they do is very performative. Like, and I, I think one thing I have seen like while I've been here and I feel like, I don't know like how other college campuses are, but I feel like no matter what goes on on like the, the administrative level and what gets passed, I feel like the students are always in like unison. Like we come together. We don't really like, we don't allow anyone to silence us. Like when all that stuff happened with the George Floyd scholarship, like I know the black community and even we have some other supporters who like going hard. Like when Save, when the Save Our Props came out, like everyone was like going hard. Like, and like social media is a lot because even me as like, like it was a lot of things that I was learning on seeing on social media, like a lot of, um, like just a lot of unison and like stuff like that. I think that was really great. So I just like as students, I know it can feel like it can get exhausting when you're not seeing the results that you want to see, but I'm just very proud to see us like keep going. Oh yeah, definitely same. It's been a really humbling experience to be part of something that's so much bigger than myself. Like, yeah, maybe I made the Twitter page, but it's amassed into, it has almost like 2000 followers on Twitter and all of these people engaging now in conversations that they might not have been having before. And then the same thing about the situation with Kalyango, how many people might've let this go quiet because they weren't sure if somebody was going to speak out against it. So I think it just takes a few people who are willing to stand up and maybe put themselves in, I don't wanna say a dangerous, but an uncomfortable position where they're speaking out against something, which this something in our case is a very huge and powerful administration. People who have never met me, who don't know me, have never interacted with students on a personal level are making decisions that impact us directly as people, not just as students. And I think that it's time that these people in charge see that we're not gonna sit here and just tolerate things that we don't need to tolerate. Like we're going to stand up for ourselves and for our rights and in this case, survivors aren't going to take any more difficulty at the university level than they already have just by being survivors. This is unacceptable. And I, I mean, to put it bluntly, I would like to see disciplinary action taken against Mary Rogus in some capacity. As we uh, should. 
Right. I think her resigning in a way is kind of just dodging the inevitable or trying to like get a, a lead on it. So maybe they go easier on her. And I don't think that's appropriate. I think that there should be a decision that's made and it be made however publicly it can be. I know like personnel issues can't usually be publicized, like whether they fire or put somebody on some kind of probation or something. But I really think that something like this, you can't take back what you said and how that made hundreds, maybe even thousands of people feel. And I think that there needs to be some kind of um, justice to be had for that. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the pushback as well with, you know, professors feeling like, why are so many people speaking up is the fact that that wasn't done before. I mean, like Nia said, I think there are a lot of older people from older generations that are thinking, you know, yes, I'm a survivor. Yes, this happened to me. Um, But I've heard a lot of almost like, I was quiet about it and went on with my day. Why can't you be too? Um, And while we can, you know, respect your decisions that you felt were the best for you in certain situations, um, you cannot push that onto other people. And especially in this newer generation, like you said, you know, we are paying to be here. I feel like we're always treated like it's, it's just a privilege to be here, especially at OU. Like I just, (laughs) I think it's, I always say that the orientation was very much like false advertisement because it was very much so like you, it's a privilege for you to be here and really no, it's a privilege for you you to have have us. us. Mm -hmm. And that's the mentality that almost all of us have now. And I think that's something new and not something that they don't like because we know our worth. We know, you know, we're not paying thousands and thousands of dollars to go to this institution to put up with these things it's ridiculous exactly well guys that was a great conversation we're gonna wrap up thank you olivia for coming out and talking to us and yeah you guys have a great day thank you so much i really appreciate it and i'm really excited to see everything that happens going forward and yeah just thank you for giving me this time to like talk about it in a more open oh, way anytime anytime we love it we love to see <laughs> powerful women um doing what they need to do. All right, good night, guys. Bye. Bye.